Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. All right, and welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. What you'll find right now, the gardens just grow fast. Everything grows fast. We're finally warm. So we've been in the mid-80s here in Prescott, Uh, 70s up there in the higher, you know, Williams, Flagstaff, White Mountains, maybe the 90s down the lower Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwoods. But it's warm, and the plants that grow here like it that way. It's not just warm outside. The two things that really drive plants and what make them germ- what make them really grow, whether it's a seed germinating in the ground or buds breaking open and showing off their flowers in spring, what really makes them go is two things. One, the nighttime temperature. It's not so much the day. It's how chilly, how cold do they get in the evening. The second one is soil temperature, and there's a direct correlation between the two. As the nighttime temperatures warm up, the soil... Uh, it can, it can basically sunburn during the day. But then if it gets real cool, it just lets all that heat out. And then the, the roots don't want to grow. And the plants go, oh, I don't know what's going on here. But when the nighttime is, is warmer, the soil warms up and stays warm. And the plants just go, oh, this just feels good. I'm going to grow. And they just start taking off a new growth. So now you'll start to see, finally, we're warm enough. June. We're finally warm enough where now uh, you'll start to see tomatoes forming on your vines, cucumbers. You'll start to see flower buds forming on your zinnias, on the warm, on your salvias, the the heat lovers. Uh, Finally, you'll start seeing trees erupt with new growth. And so if you're not seeing that, there's probably one thing that's wrong. The plant's stressed out. And so you either got drought damage, it... it, uh, it's lacking water and nutrients. So it's going, I know it might be warm enough, but I don't know about this. I'm not sure. I might just flame out. If I start growing now, I might not have enough moisture and food to keep going. So I'm going to hold tight here and wait it out and see. See if the rains come. See if moisture and food and if see if that comes. And so what I'm doing for my gardens, now the, remember, I'm, I'm just Ken. We're friends. We're talking across the back fence and we're just, if this is working in my yard, probably it'll most likely work in your backyard as well. Um, I'm, I fertilized my gardens. So I'm fertilizing quite a bit right now. Things that were uh, slow. Uh, some of my grasses, some of them are glorious. They're growing like crazy. They've quadrupled in size in the last couple of weeks and some are still sitting there looking at me funny. You don't want to do that very long in my gardens or you're very likely to be pulled out of the ground. One couple shovels, a little bit of work, poof, you're out of there. I'll put a new one in. I own a garden center here in Prescott. You'll be replaced if you're not careful. But I would rather have them just take. I put them in originally. I've been nurturing them since last fall, and they're still struggling. So for those, I sprinkled a little bit of the all-purpose plant food, the 744 fertilizer mix that we make here, here at Waters Garden Center. And the main ingredient in that is cottonseed meal. 
Cottonseed meal does two things for a plant. It's the reason it's in this mix. It lowers the pH, so you're actually changing the chemistry of the soil. You're lowering that pH, which helps it activate. Sometimes your water is so alkaline and when you're watering your plants with drip system or hose, it just it, that soil starts, the pH starts to rise up and, and it locks up all the nutrients, locks up all the activity. Lock, it's too alkaline. The plants start freaking out and they go, I don't, I don't know about this. This doesn't feel good. The, the bark on their roots start peeling off. They start, they just don't like it. Well, cottonseed meal lowers that pH and makes it more neutral. Ideally, that's where you, you, what the book says is you want your soil to be perfectly neutral pH between six and seven, and that's ideal. Well, you know what? Sometimes the book didn't read where you're gardening at, and your water is so crazy alkaline that every time you water, just it automatically creeps up. And so that mineral base, that, that white ring that builds up in your toilet or in your sink, gets on the counters and spots everything up, that mineral in the water, it also builds up in your soil and it clogs up the pores in the soil till finally the pH just starts going up and, and becomes very alkaline. Plants do not like alkalinity. I know the health magazines say alkaline water for you is good to drink, makes balances your body out, but that's not plants, that's your body. That's they don't like that. They like more acidic types of soil. They like more acidic. They'd rather err on acid types of soil than you would alkaline types of soil. So just by adding some all-purpose plant food, the cottonseed meal will lower that pH and then it provides a nitrogen phosphorus. Uh, it's a nutrients. Gives it just a steak and potato kind of meal. Oh, I just feel good. <laughs> I feel so full. I think I just better either grow, root, or sit here in a bloated state. Plants don't feel bloated. They grow is what they do. And so it just helps them to take off. In addition, some of my really stubborn, some things are really stressed right now. They're really off color. Your evergreens can really be stressed. Uh, some of your grasses, some of your blooming, uh, summer blooming shrubs. It's been cold at night. The soil's been cool and they're not growing yet. So those things, I sprinkle a little bit of the all-purpose plant food on the ground, water it in. And then also I'm mixing up a watering can at the same time. I almost do them at the same time. I do root and grow. Root and grow is a, it's a compost tea we, we brew here at the garden center and, and uh, it's a liquid form. It smells like liquid compost, not like poop or manures. It's not that. There's, there's no, it's not a fish emulsion kind of thing. It's not that gross stuff. You know, fish heads chopped up into liquid form and here, give it to your, to your plants. That's in my world, that's gross, and I'm not going to sell gross stuff at my garden center because I got to use this stuff too. So I made my own compost tea that's that's got the same kind of reactionary plants react to it the same way, but it's not it's not disgusting. It does have an earthy smell to it, but you mix it in your watering can, top it off with water, and you give it to some of your plants, and they just love this stuff. They take off. with You could watch them grow almost the next day. They green up and they start to grow. It was really developed, uh, root and grow, for transplant shock. Uh, that is, you're putting a new tree or shrub or perennial or vegetable, whatever's in, new in the ground. Plants freak out. They just, they, it's like open heart surgery and brain surgery at the same time on a patient 
when you take that plant, that little one-gallon tomato, you pull out of this, this home that it's, all, it's the only thing it's ever known, and you put it into your garden soil, it doesn't like that. There's an adjustment period. So sometimes the plants can yellow, they can drop some leaves, they'll drop their fruit or their flowers for a time as they resettle. Well, this root and grow was developed to help them react faster, to stabilize faster, to start rooting out, encouraging deeper, stronger roots underneath that plant. If you have strong roots, especially in June when it's hot and dry, if you get strong roots, you've got a strong plant and it will just take off. I mean, with strong new growth. And so I'm fertilizing with the all-purpose plant food and I'm fertilizing with this liquid root and grow. And that seems to be doing the trick. It's really making things grow fast right now. The main thing, you, you personally, your gardens, you want to make sure that irrigation's spot on. Uh, it's got to be accurate as we warm up. You don't want to be have a clogged emitter, especially in a drought uh, kind of scenario, because now the plant was barely hanging on with that one emitter before it was clogged. Now it clogged up, and now there's no other moisture around. It's, it's desperately in need on that lifeline called your drip emitters. So you might even want to turn it on and walk your yard to make sure those emitters are working. For me, in addition to that, especially my big valuable things, I've got some uh, uh, mimosas that are struggling. They, they just were struggling to come out. I took a, a either a soaker hose or I use a little hose in attachment, a little fan spray kind of thing. And I just run it underneath those trees, those gardens underneath. And I just water everything really well about once a month. Seems to me one or two waterings of that juniper that's really struggling and starting to go brown makes a huge difference. That, that maple that's not quite waking up makes a big difference. Little water, little food goes a long ways until the monsoons come. So the rains will come, the humidity will go up, the plants will respond, but you need to get them through for that third or fourth good afternoon rain. Got a lot in store for you, but we have Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. Water's companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. Alright, so we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. What are your neighbors talking about? 
So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. we, uh, we should tell folks about a scary thing that we saw out in the forest. So we went on a razor ride, side-by-side, -side, uh, UTV thing. So we're up off of over Spruce Mountain, back up towards uh, uh, Crown King, that area. And the tent caterpillars, I couldn't believe. I've never seen that before. <laughs> They're out in force, that is for sure. That's kind of sad. So it looks like a, a web. It's a nest of caterpillars. Mm -hmm. It's about the size of a football, and it's up in the trees. These were on oaks. I've seen them on apple trees, on purple leaf plums. They can get on anything. But if mm -hmm. you see this webbing, <clears throat> this is crazy dangerous. They will strip your trees clean. There won't be a leaf left. And some of the oaks literally had zero leaves. Yeah. And so they were out thick. And if you open up that nest, there'll be little one and a half inch long caterpillars. I've got some, they're kind of fuzzy, hairy. Uh, and they come out at night and eat the leaves, go back in the nest during the day so the birds mm -hmm. don't eat them up. Yeah. So it's a defense thing. Mm -hmm. And so if you leave them unchecked, they'll strip your tree clean. So super, super easy to, to, uh, to control them. Mm -hmm. uh, the, what you do is there's a there's an organic spray here. It's called BT. And how do you say BT? Percentus thuracinalis? <laughs> Bacillus thuracide. Ah, thuracide. Someday so BT. Nah, I just like BT. It's way oh, easier. Yeah. So you spray BT on there, they come out at night, they eat the foliage, you get sick, they go back into their nest, and they don't come out again. It's very gratifying. Yeah. But it's not if a bird were to eat a worm infected with the BT, it will not harm oh, the bird. No. Yeah. So, so it won't harm the bird. Yeah. If they light on it, hummingbirds light on the on the spray, you could spray the, the bird with, with it. Won't won't affect only affects caterpillars. Right. It doesn't affect ladybugs. It doesn't mm -hmm. affect Grasshoppers doesn't affect anything but caterpillars. Right. The big green ones on your tomatoes, best organic spray ever. BT, how do I say that again? Through back, back, say it with me. Bacillus thuracide. Thuracide, there you go. At least that's how I say it. <laughs> <laughs> and only a professional would ever oh, question God, that. Right. <laughs> so but anyway, yeah, 10 caterpillars, it. watch for them. Don't let them get in the yard. Yeah. They're nasty. Definitely can do a lot of damage. Yeah. They, the oaks up there looked pretty sad. Very sad. Very sad. What questions do we have? Well, we do have questions. So Tim is in Chino. Hey, Tim. Has a new piece of property that once had a lawn on it. Yeah. Now it has foxtails on it. <laughs> yeah. He wants to know what's the best way to get rid of them and what's the best way to keep them out. Sure. So foxtail... And goat head, kind of, they're mm -hmm. both the same thing. Goat head's the one that puts that little uh, seed pod that has the bur burrs on it. You know, your dogs will walk over it and get one in their foot, and it just stops them in their tracks. And then foxtail has a little, it looks like wheat. They're real cute grass, but then it dries this mm -hmm. time of year. And then that wheat head will go through your socks. We've taken a vet, a cat to the vet, had a had one poked in their eye. All kinds of chaos. You don't want foxtail. Mm -hmm. So... It's an annual weed, comes back by seed. So if you can keep that thing from seeding, or if you can rake up all those seed, kill off anything before it seeds, uh, you'll be ahead of it. And so um, if you, the easiest way probably, this is, doesn't help Tim, but this is everyone else <laughs> listening in. Poor Tim. Uh, poor Tim. <laughs> Chino Valley wants a lawn. You can have it. We'll, we'll get to you, Tim. Hold on. Uh, so anyway, 
for the easiest way to keep goat heads and, and foxtail annuals out, is you put weed and grass stopper down along the driveway mm -hmm. over that rock lawn. And it doesn't, it keeps the seed from germinating, it keeps it from actually coming up in the first place. So you won't have this problem. You get ahead of it and they won't come back to haunt you. So every year you have this load of seed that come back over and over. So that's how you get ahead of it for the masses. That's how we keep them out of our front flower beds out by the road. They love to grow out there, but weed and grass stopper, it's like a fertilizer, you spread it down, pray for rain or water it in, keeps the seed from germinating, it's a seed killer. Now for Tim, specifically, how do I start a lawn? Get as much of that seed out of there, kill off whatever's there, and then get the seed out as best you can. And then for, for you, this is an older probably property that has just been let go. And so you'll want to rototill. Till that ground up so you're burying that seed. Don't let that seed germinate. Get it underneath the ground. So your lawn seed, your fescue or bluegrass or ryegrass can take off. And so you want that to germinate. So you just till it and prep the soil more mm -hmm. than you normally would for a lawn that you're pre preparing. And with the monsoon, it looks like it might be heading our way. I don't know. You kind of, we always question it, but <laughs> generally July, mm -hmm. the, the monsoon actually starts June 15. That's the actual date on the calendar. They say the monsoon start. We may not get rain until July, but it starts somewhere in the state, typically the east, eastern part of the state, June 15. Usually by July 4th, Chino Valley, Prescott, Prescott Valley, this mm -hmm. central highlands area is starting to see some afternoon rains. Humidity's off, the cloud cover's there. It's a great time to start a lawn. So your, your germination rate, your, your grass seed will come up in literally days, <clears throat> two, three days. You're starting to go, oh, wow, look at that. I'm a gardener. I did did well. So we've got a handout on that. Mm -hmm. If you need help, we'll give you that. Tim, come see us. It's probably worth a trip in from Chino Valley. Oh, definitely. And just to clarify, if yeah. he's going to put lawn in, he does not want to use the weed and grass stopper now. Oh, thanks for covering for me today, babe. Yeah, that's good. Uh, no, you do not want to put weed and grass stopper. It's also weed and grass stopper uh, on your lawn area because it will stop grass too. So just right. put it in areas where you don't want like that rock lawn in between flower, through, around a rose bed, underneath your trees. Right. Do it in those areas. We're going to start a lawn. Till it, till it, till it. Get it all level. Put your seed down and water like crazy. Okay. All right. That helps. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So Clara's in Prescott Valley. She has some new beds that her wonderful husband made for her. She would like to put shrub roses in yeah, those beds. Perfect. And her question is, how much space or how far apart do you put each rose? So most shrub roses are going to be a standard size rose. Figure about hip high. So if you're really spacing out a garden of roses, Typically, you're going to space about every four to six feet apart. Mm -hmm. Then let them grow up about hip high and kind of two, three feet round. Then you just have some spacing in between and it'll be real pretty. Now, they can also form, I've seen quite a few shrub roses that are turned into hedges. Mm -hmm. Beautiful hip high hedges mm -hmm. that just bloom all spring through fall. So it depends on what you want to do with it. Yeah. Most garden rose gardens, you're spacing four to six feet apart. And then you'll prune them back and shape them. You just want you want air to flow in between each right. bush so you don't get mildews and aphids and some other issues. So general spacing. Okay. 
Come All in right. and visit. We've got hundreds of roses. We can show you mm -hmm. your favorite colors. We've got even some some shrub roses that have fragrance to them anymore. They're mm -hmm. just amazing. Amazing. Well, they are. I can't <laughs> believe they ever did that out of shrub. We used to only have. We only used to have knockout roses, right. boring pink. You know, you sell boring. a few thousand of those, and it's great. But now right. they cut new varieties that are way more oh, exciting. Yeah. Nice colors, smell good. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so Jeff has a question. He has a Stella cherry that is just full of cherries. Yeah. His question is, do you thin the fruit out on a cherry tree or do you just leave it? And then he fertilized in March. When should he fertilize again? Yeah, so the cherry crop, the, the peaches, eight, apple. This is a good fruit year. Lots of apples, lots of pears. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just lots of fruit this year. So it's a good time. Cherries, you don't really, you don't thin as much. Mm -hmm. So apricots, nectarines, peaches, you have to thin or, or you'll be left with lots of little tiny fruits with big pits. Right. So you're thinning over half the fruit off of those. <clears throat> Plums the same way. But cherries, not so much. The birds are going to get a portion of them. Don't so unless you protect them, cover them with bird netting or you yeah. put the bird scare tape kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's different techniques. Well, that wasn't his question. So you don't have to thin cherries. There you go. And when do you fertilize? Right after you pick the cherries. Okay. So you're getting close. So probably mid-July or so, I'm guessing cherries will be off. Kind of mm -hmm. depends on the seasonality. But right after they're done fruiting, hit them with the, with the fruit tree, fruit and vegetable food. Mm -hmm. And they'll just get, you're setting the stage for next spring. They're going to use that food. And the most important feeding for any fruiting plant, for spring fruiting, fall feeding. Fall, fertilize around Halloween for sure. That'll be a game changer. Man, out of time already. Thanks, Lisa. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning, ever. Every backyard should have at least one and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Oh no! My pine trees look terrible! Never fear! Plant Protector is here! Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My super strength protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Now I had a, a after-hour training session with my staff. Okay, Waters Garden Center, we know this is a place that has staff. First of all, you can't find employees at, at, at businesses anymore. We've got lots of them. And then some, some of the employees aren't 
that smart. They don't spend time training, educating your staff so that they're, they can really engage and help customers. We're helping gardeners. And so we stayed afterwards and it's a training lesson. And, and here, train them on the different kinds of soils. And soil is kind of a mysterious thing. It's not like you can just take a raised bed, take some dirt out of your yard and chuck it into a pot and it all grows. The reason that you have a raised bed or, or a container is so you can abandon all that crummy soil. You can bring in some really good stuff. And so we make four different kinds of soils. And when you go up to that huge wall of of soils at your box store, it's so mysterious and they never have no consistency. Some of the bags, they just take stuff and shove it in anything. I've, I found a horseshoe once in a bag of box store stuff, soil. Went, that's not right. That's a recycled factory someplace. And they just happen to have the metals come over with the, with the mulches and yuck, yuck, that's not right. And so we started making our own soils to control the quality. And so now we have a locally sourced, we have an old sawmill that we're harvesting this, the, the wood tailings, the back of the sawmill over in, in, in the White Mountains. And we're taking that 50-year-old compost, wood, wood chips, locally sourced. We screen it down to quarter inch minus. So now it could be a top dressing for a seed bed, or it's made to add to your native soil to keep that heavy clay soil from compacting right back down. It's changing the structure of the soil so the roots can get through it. Or if you've got really sandy soil, it's holding some moisture around in that sand or granite base so the roots have some moisture and nutrients to, to work with. And we call that premium mulch. It's just basically compost. It's been there. It's old saw tailings. It looks like composted wood. It has a good earthy smell to it. But there's no real nitrogen in it. It's not, we didn't put a fertilizer in it. It's made to add to your native soil so you can plant trees and shrubs with it. To top dress, right now people are top dressing with premium mulch to keep the sun from sunburning the soil, keep it from parching. So it's a good, good top dressing for that. That's our number one seller. Number two seller is potting soil. Potting soil is usually your most expensive uh, soils. So it's a, it's a recipe. It's a certain, we have a certain kind of peat moss that we use, a certain grade. So, so potting soil is made to plant directly into. You don't add it or blend it. You don't add fertilizer. You just kind of, you fill up a container, plant directly into it. That's what it's designed to do. And it's like a razor's edge to have a soil that's moist, stays moist, yet drains. Yeah, it allows the roots to form out. And it's got enough air, yet still stays moist. So the roots of the plants, which needs to breathe, uh, can grow, can grow quickly. That's potting soil. So usually you'll have perlite in it. It's a very expensive ingredient, but it's those white flakes. It keeps the soil from compacting back down and helps aerate that soil. We use a certain grade of, of sphagnum peat moss, like I mentioned. We have a 555 organic fertilizer in there. Uh, here's the real kicker for you organic gardeners. Um, almost all soils from anyone you buy, they've got wetting agents in their soil. So they'll say it's organic soil, but the wetting agents are not organic. They're help, They're adding this into that bag of mulch or food or manure so that it will moisten up faster for you. Otherwise, it dries out, gets real light and fluffy, and it doesn't feel like it has the right value. So we're adding this chemical to their organic soils, and they don't tell you this stuff. So our potting soil, 
We do not have a wedding agent in it. It's completely organic. We made a decision to do this. So we could say it's 100% organic and it, because of the wedding agent. But it's a little harder to get moist. So what you'll find is when you first plant, you'll water this thing. You thought you had plenty of water on it. It's still a little bit dry. That, that soil is moistening, holding. It's just a great big sponge. That's what, that's what a good potting soil is. And so you've got to really water well at first. And then once it gets moist, it stays that way. And so it really is effective, organic potting soil. But potting soils are made to plant directly into it. That's the second most popular. Then you get into manure. Manures are uh, poop. Basically, most poop you buy, they, they strapped a bag on the back of a cow and it drags around the back of the cow and it just kind of collects it. And they put it in the back of your Mercedes or your nice new truck and it's all gooey and stinky and gross. And I went, I don't want to load this stuff, much less put it in the back of my nice, that nice Cadillac. So we made our own deodorized manure. We added some mulch to it, composted a little bit longer, leached out all the negative stuff. So now our, our deodorized or barnyard manure looks almost like compost. It's, it's real rich. It's got a lot of nitrogen to it. And then the lastly is topsoil. It's the least, it's the heaviest of the products, but topsoil is heavy so it doesn't blow away. If you got a divot, you need to fill in topsoil. Topsoil is, we take that big pile of, of uh, sawdust tailings, and at the very bottom are the sand, the, all the, the heavier fines. So we're harvesting that. So it's a heavier product. We put it in a bag and call it topsoil. Uh, that's the four products. Mulch, potting soil, manures, deodorized, and topsoil. And now you too are an expert on all things soil from your garden center. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so <laughs> back with Lisa Waters. Like, what is that? That's no intro. People are listening right now. So anyway, uh, we, uh, <laughs> you, know, you got me flustered. Uh, Lisa Waters Lane's in the studio. My my gal, my favorite gal. Uh, just a person that's a good gardener, uh, a good wife. I think just a good person. Well, I Lisa. try. Do you? Do sure. you try? Don't you? Well, I don't know if you try very that hard enough. What? I actually don't try. I just naturally am a good person. 
Maybe you should try a little harder. <laughs> so, anyway, we can all do better. Always, always. So, yes. positive, uplifting gardening. We all just need to garden more. We do. Everybody should be out gardening. It does make you happier. Makes you feel better. You, anytime I think you can walk away from a computer screen, a TV screen, whether you're gardening in your house with your house plants or your greenhouse or out in your yard, I think you're better. I was, I was helping one of our good customers. He's been a customer for 20 years. He's a regular. I mean, he's one of those, you can just name him, going, hey. And so he brought his son in with him, his mm-hmm. son-in-law. Mm-hmm. And so he's bringing his son-in-law to his garden center. I'm hugely honored. He's up from Phoenix, going to help mm-hmm. him up just the weekend. And uh, his son-in-law is trying to get him to meditate. <laughs> and so, I mean, he's a hardcore gardener. Yeah. He's, he loves going out and picking carrots, planting planting flowers hardcore gardener and I, I listened to him banter back and forth he's going he's trying to get me to meditate i don't want to i, I have a hard time doing it and i'm going you know what i think meditation is it's anything that can take your t- your mind mm-hmm. off of time yeah. that's meditation I and do. gardening does that well i've <laughs> i'd listened to them both go back and forth brilliant guys both of them really brilliant i'm going i don't even know i'm just selling petunias here you want a purple one or a pink one and so but i'm into the discussion mm-hmm. and i never thought about that but it's just when i go out into the garden i don't take my phone with me mm-hmm. i don't wear a watch and i just lose track mm-hmm. it, it quickly the end of the day comes you go where did it go it was so right. pleasant so meditative so mm-hmm. therapeutic so in in the zone with nature and if you live this high stress job all the time with deadline 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 and you don't have a garden maybe you do need to meditate Mm -hmm. maybe that is good for you i'm sure it's good for you but if you're a gardener i think it sort of is meditation closer to god or there's some creation living breathing things there's a lot of pluses with that anyway I don't even know why I shared that story. Yeah, we all need to garden more. There you go. That's it. It's a long-winded way of saying we should all just garden more. Of course, everyone here, they're tuned into a garden show. So, of course, they're already gardeners or entertained by people behind a screen. I think we're preaching to the choir. I know. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, it has definitely warmed up this week. Yeah, it feels good. Finally, I'm warm. Finally, it feels good. Finally. Yeah, so it is, we've we finally reached those over 85 temperatures, and yeah. not my favorite, don't care for it, but you still got to be out there gardening, even though it's over 85. Well, if you don't, your plants are going to wilt and die, because they're <laughs> hot too. But I thought, because there's a few pots out front that I'm having to redo myself, because in our personal yard, because some of the things I put in there just aren't working out the way I thought they were going to work out and to me they're just not pretty so I'm going to yank those plants out of there I may move them to some other places in the yard but I was walking through the upper house looking for those annuals those plants that you get one season of glory out of um, and trying to decide what I wanted to put in my pots. what did you decide so my pots are right out front of the house they get sun from South, yeah. sun up to set down they South pretty much facing. get full set so i was looking for those annuals that really can take that heat and i was also looking for some that you know i don't have to be out there every five minutes watering because yeah. i'm not good at that either 
but that had a little more forgiveness factor to them. So some of the ones Ooh, that I came up with. That's a good list. With, wow. Of course. So Lantana was probably my, we have some beautiful ones up there right now. We have the um, Lucky Sunrise Rose, which is kind of a pink and yellow color. And we have one that's called Hot Blooded Red, which is kind of a red and with some yellow in it too. But both just really bright, striking colors um, that really take that heat and they're not overly thirsty plants. Um, so I'm gonna put some of those in. And then I also saw we have a purple. Um, Lantana? Yeah. Really? What's it do? Drapes. What's drapes? Oh. Flow. What is it? Prostrata. You can, <laughs> can go Latin on folks. You kind of bluff that way. <laughs> you know, it hangs down, yeah. whatever that is. Trailing. Trailing. Thank yeah. you. Gosh. You're welcome. You get to this time of day. And I'm still stuck on hot blooded. Uh, what was it? Hot blooded. Hot blooded red. Hot blooded red, and the other one was uh, sunrise. Lucky, lucky sun. Sunrise lucky hot blooded red sunrise. <laughs> Man, I'm just oh, going. Okay, to... we'll move on from those. <laughs> if you want something tall that needs a little height in there, we have a salvia called Sally Fun oh, Deep Ocean. That sounds cool. And so they're probably foot and a half, maybe even taller. Yeah. A beautiful blue purple. Wow. Yeah, it's tall. They're tall. Beautiful. It'd be great in some pots that you need some height with. Yeah. Um, great pollinator plant as well. Uh, but just a really nice, dark, rich color is really what drew me to them as I was walking up to the upper house. So that's a great one. And then your vinca, of course, the annual vinca. Yeah. Um, we have the cascading. There you go. Trailing. <laughs> Prostata. And the uprights which yeah. um you know what about foot high if you're growing the uprights but those are another one they're so you don't even have to deadhead those you just kind of walk by and shake them a little bit and the old blossoms just kind of fall right off and it, they just bloom continually yeah. so nicely and the varieties that we have <laughs> here the vincas we're bringing in select varieties that don't get the mildews and mm -hmm. they don't melt there's some that have problems some of the other places around town are selling the old school one. We're bringing mm -hmm. the better genetics mm -hmm. where they're, they're less prone to melt down right. in the, the moist afternoon, monsoon kind of stuff. They're yeah. better Cora varieties. Mm -hmm. They're just better Vincas. Because Vincas are truly one of those that really hates to be overwatered. Yeah, they're so super dry. If, if you're one of those waters that are like me, yeah. you, you, oh, 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 maybe I should water <laughs> It's good for they're, you. They're perfect for you because they don't want to be constantly wet. So, Portulaca. Oh, perfect. Which is another great one. The Happy Hour Mix. I just like the name, Happy Hour Mix. Um, has multiple colors. like pouring a glass of wine right now or something. <laughs> but yeah, I like it. It's got pinks and yellows and yeah. whites and orange. And I took some of those and I we have a pot of um, the Rainbow Ascot Euphorbia, which is a little more upright, grows more upright. And I wanted something to kind of fill that pot there to kind of soften the edge so i put the portulaca in there and oh my gosh it's Happy. really taken it's off. not just hot it's not just southern exposure those gardens are radiant heat they're on patios reflective walls mm -hmm. it's kind of like a a courtyard for you folks that have right. a courtyard area it's that mm -hmm. it's super hot it's hard to grow things yeah it's easier to grow things in the winter that's true. it stays warm but it's harder to grow things in the summer because you need just you need the right plant in the mm -hmm. right spot yeah. those are great super good and most mm -hmm. of those the javelina, the deer, the rabbits, they don't like salvia. They don't like right. stinky, 
They don't like Cora. They don't like Lantana and mm-hmm. Vinca and that stuff. So they're right. great choices. Mm-hmm. We also have some beautiful Angelinas in. So Ooh. if you're looking for, it reminds me of a Snapdragon, but it takes the heat so much better. Summer dra- Snapdragon. So kind of a tall, yeah. has a spiky flower on it. We have them in dark purples and roses and, and whites and perfect for those really hot things that you still want that look of a snapdragon but snaps aren't so happy this time of year they're green but they're not blooming that is but true. angelina uh-huh. is angelonica angelina 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 loves it loves it. <laughs> it looks delicate but it's super super hardy yeah and they grow them down in phoenix i mean vinca looks like a delicate glossy high maintenance kind of mm-hmm. plant it's bulletproof yeah. it just doesn't perspire that's the reason we put those in the hanging baskets the downtown prescott we 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 grow those baskets for them we hung them last this this last week and we put vinca yep. and and a million bells petunias and potato vine yep. and th- so the merchants downtown should be super happy with how those grow they big big long tendrils that but still they're easy to maintain right. so both Definitely. that's commercial setting so it's so mm-hmm. difficult all right, thank you, Lisa. We are out of time. Thanks so much. Ken and Lisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are purple robe locusts, vine and achievia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. There are so many butterflies, hummingbirds, bees, pollinators. The the, the gardens are active. They're alive. With, I, th- I think of butterflies as like the fairies of the garden. They're just out there floating around, just busy. They hardly ever see you. They float by and say hi. They go suck on the nectar and the flowers. But I think the reason that the Lane Casa has more butterflies, maybe normal folks or other gardens, is because we plant for them. We actually put some flowers they really like. Butterflies and, and bees, the, the pollinators, uh, they really they can't resist blues and yellows. You put blue or yellow flowers out there and they just, oh, they think that's the greatest thing ever. Hummingbirds, they kind of like the reds, reds and oranges. So we plant for those. Uh, so we plant for the birds. We love birds. In fact, the birds are almost obnoxious right now. They're, they're so loud in the morning. They're so happy. And there's so many of them. It's like a ruckus. And so at first light, we're talking like 4.30 in the morning. They're out there just screaming, yeah, it's another day, yay. So, but that's fun. That's joyous. That's alive. That's that's a that's a garden that that nature is just drawn to, and the reason I think they're drawn to it is we plant specific flowers just for them. 
we have for the birds, we, we have grapes and blackberries and some raspberries. We plant for them and we plant some for us and the lower part of the gardens are for them. We just let them go. They have at it, guys. Have This is all for you. No one's going to bother you. But don't peck away at any of these. We plant for them. And then we also have some water for them. And so we, we, we actually have a, a water feature, a small pond, and it splashes and has some moisture. And, and early in the morning and late, kind of dusk and dawn, uh, the, the butterflies, the, you know, the, the birds, they're actively there watering. They, they, they take on the moisture. So especially now, it's, it's difficult to find a pool of water. And so when the rains come, it'll be a lot easier because there'll be puddles around they can kind of go after. Butterflies really like a moist kind of a dirt spot that's not really water, but just mud. They love that. They're all over it. You'll see painted ladies, little tiny orange butterflies all over that kind of spot. So sometimes if you can take a small saucer and put a little bit of dirt in there or just maybe just a bucket of water, a saucer of water for your birds. They just like that. They're drawn to the water. We just have it in a grand, I like the sound of running water. And so we got a waterfall or a little creek that goes through. It's all recirculated, very efficient, very pretty. Uh, but the birds are really attracted to that. Uh, the baby birds are about to launch. So you can hear them screaming. They're getting their strength. Now here at the garden center last weekend, it's like all the baby birds decided at the same time to leave the nest. And so around the garden center, customers are actually concerned. There are baby birds around their, their shrubs they're shopping for. Going, there's a baby bird here. I'm going, I know but there's nothing I can do. It'll take about a day for them to get strong enough. They'll just fly off by themselves. But at first, they try to launch. You try to pick them up and get them someplace out of the way so they're not run over by a forklift or a shopping cart or stepped on. So you just kind of put them out between the tree racks and they kind of squirk and squawk and talk. Uh, and then they're safe. And then all of a sudden, the next day, they're just all gone. And it's not like you see carcasses or feathers. I mean, they actually get strong enough to fly off. Uh, so it's kind of fun to watch that. We're about to see that, not the garden center, but we're about to see that in our own backyard. They love our back deck. They'd love to nest, got a couple nests up there. And when they decide to go, I don't know how a baby bird decides to fly off a story, one story deck. I mean, you think they'd hit their head or something, but they just, their wings start flapping and they still hit the ground, but it's soft Then they get stronger and then they just kind of, they fly off. It takes about a day. So if you see baby birds out of the nest, don't worry. They'll be okay. They just aren't quite strong enough to take off yet, but they will. It, really, if you take them, put them up in the back up in the nest, if you happen to know where the nest is, they just jump right out again. I mean, just, I've, I've tried multiple times and they just don't seem to stay in the nest. They've determined, I am going to be an adult and I'm going to take off into the world myself. I'm going to do it my way. It sounds like my teenagers sometimes. Uh, any of you have teenagers out there? You know what that's all about. So, But anyway, back to butterflies. Butterflies love blues and yellows. And so right now, oh, the, the, the number one seller by far, see there's two of them that are kind of side by side, butterfly bush has got, and we also call that the, the summer lilac. It's got the same flower as a lilac, only it blooms in the summer instead of in the, in the spring. So, bring, so the, the lilac, spring blooming lilacs, 
they're really blooming before butterflies are even here. Yes, a few swallowtails and some of that will be here, but really the, the monarchs haven't, haven't migrated through yet. Uh, so lilacs really aren't that, that good at pollinating stuff. Bees will get on a little bit, but, but butterfly bush, it blooms right when the butterflies are here. The, the flowers are, are shaped so that they're proboscis. They're, they, can, they can harvest that nectar very easily. Uh, it's a bigger bush, so they can, they've got, they can grab onto that flower pretty easily, even in a wind, windy area, and feed. And they just love the taste. And most of the flowers of butterfly bush are blues and yellows. Yeah, I've got some whites out there, maybe some pinks. I think there was a pink, bright pink butterfly bush. Some of them are huge. They'll get up 10, 12 feet tall. Some are short maybe hip high. I even got one that's a new pom-pom series. It it's very small, kind of a little ball shape, maybe two and a half feet by two and a half feet, kind of ball shaped, beautiful little plant. Goes in containers, wherever, but butterfly bush. The second one is salvia or autumn sage. Now autumn sage is enjoyed by butterflies and hummingbirds equally. So all of your sage plants, sage is... Uh, Basically, salvia sage, if you hear that word, you've got a good plant for the, for the mountains of Arizona. And so they've got an herbally scent. So the javelina, the deer, the rabbits, they do not eat. They don't like heavily scented things. So, so salvia, autumn sage, they're not, they're not going to bother. You can plant it right out there with a herd of javelina. They, they might actually roll over it, uh, dig it up just for fun, but they're not going to eat it. They're not attracted to it for a food source. But your butterflies and hummingbirds are and they'll bloom now through the end of autumn thus the name autumn sage they actually get better as they as the season the warmer season goes on they get better and better and better it comes in purple lots of reds whites pinks apricots lots of colors gets a shrub that gets up maybe knee high by knee wide it's not too big no more than three by three so easy to maintain but all your pollinators just love that plant a pin cushion flower, and uh, gallardia, or blanket flower, I find. These are low-growing uh, perennial flowers that one's blue, one's yellow. There you go. You got a theme, blue and yellow. They, they love those. They're both virtually native. They're very drought-hardy. The gallardia is native to Arizona. And so you'll plant that, and it just, root, it just keeps blooming from spring through fall. And it gets up about oh, shorter than knee high, maybe, maybe 14, 18 inches tall, and just kind of spreads out. That's the name blanket flower. It just blankets an area, a great wild flower that animals don't eat again, but butterflies love that flower. It's got a flower, it's bigger than a silver dollar. It's probably not quite as big as a baseball in diameter, but something, something in between. But they love that flower. Pin cushion flower. I like to use this one in my containers. It's a blue flower. The foliage only gets three or four inches tall, but the flowers hover a good foot above the foliage and it just moves and dances in the wind. Butterflies, and it looks like a pincushion. So the, the, it's, got a, it's like a butterfly landing pad. They just, the butterflies love the taste, they love the color, and they love the easy accessibility of landing on this flower. Uh, so there's lots of ways to attract more butterflies, even up onto a balcony, an apartment. Eat just a few strategic flowers and you will have butterflies that will visit you. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. 
He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. It is kind of fun, this this social media stuff. If you're competing with the big guys, the box or the marts, I don't have a million dollar ad budget. It's it's hard to compete with these big guys. In fact, small mom and pop businesses they, they can't do it with advertising monies. You know, traditional radio. Yes, we do some radios. Traditional print ads. Yes, we do that. Postcards. We do that in a very small way. But what we can do, the small businesses, we're really good at personality. We're your neighbors. We just know things. We go to church with you. Our kids play soccer together. We, we, we just we shop at the same grocery store. We jump. We bump into each other at the restaurants, and so that's in, we're engaged. And so we got a feel for the pulse and the feel of what's going on in our community. And so social media, we're trying to perfect that this year. So my goal this year was LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where if you're the working person, you got your resume on LinkedIn, and you connect. I mean, for me. If you're a salesperson, before I meet with you, if you have an appointment with me, I check your LinkedIn page to see if you're real. If you don't have one of those, I'm going, ah, they're barely engaged. They don't even have a professional website that's so easy to set up. you got to be kidding me. We're probably going to have a real short conversation. But if you've got a LinkedIn page and I, I see that you're actually engaged enough to be digital, you've got a, you're not in the Stone Ages with a rotary dial phone, you're actually with us, I'll, I'll actually give you more time. So I'm, I'm using that that way, but I'm putting some positive, happy, there's, there's no good stories out there. Everything's negative. And so we just throw feel-good stuff out. Uh, Facebook, we've dominated for many, many years. And that, that's the most, that can't garners the most eyeballs and most interaction. It's really fun. And then Instagram, the Instagram stories. I know not everyone's into Instagram. I, I get it, but it's trending there's a lot more. So we've got, I don't know the actual numbers, like 10,000 followers on Facebook. And we have like 7,000. It's, it's gone up like 2,000 just this year. It's gone up dramatically. So a lot of folks are using that Instagram. But the stories piece, that's the video piece, real quick clips, 
is really getting some fun interactions and you can do fun, creative things with it because it's video. It's also stills, but it's mainly visual. The, uh, so, the, so this week, pottery came in. And so we just did a whole post of just a whole bunch of different kinds of houseplant pots. Each employee got to show off their favorite and why. And so we're running those through. It's just a fun, active, energetic, positive story. It's not advertising promotions. We're not talking about ourselves. We're just gardeners having fun in a garden center. That's pretty much the story, the theme. Facebook, uh, the number one story this, this week, had 100 likes, lots of shares, no comments, though, but I just went, I, there was a tree trunk that had been cut down, an ancient, like, oak. And out of the middle of it was a sucker, a brand new tiny baby tree. And I just said, an amazing tree. Sometimes you just have to start over. And everyone went, you know what? That's right. That's pretty cool. In the garden. That's pretty awesome. They started going off on it. So super, super fun. I put one on, on about dogs. So we believe your dogs love coming to the garden center as much as you do. Just a fun little basset hound with a with an echinacea in its mouth, sitting there going, I can't believe you're making me do this. <laughs> it's hilarious. Lots of likes, two comments, lots of shares. And then people were actually posting photos of their own dogs, which I love, at the garden center. Many of them are in the gardens. Just super, super fun. Um, so anyway, just take a look at some of those. If that's a, if you're any social media at all, we're trying to get better at it, and that's where the little guys can really come out and be good, be, be more personable, and not just some big ad budget from some New York City ad agency throwing money at, at, a, at the Weather Channel. We're actually creating this stuff on the fly from a phone out of the garden center, and it's just us having fun. That's uh, Facebook, Waters Garden Center, and the Instagram, Waters Garden Center AZ. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. I was raised in a nice house with my family. Now I'm out on my own and have my own apartment. I love my cute little place, but there's something I do miss. I miss my mom's garden in the backyard. It was so special because over the years I was growing up, I watched her give those flowers and plants such a personal, loving touch and so much color. I miss it so. Well, guess what? I just visited my local garden center and they gave me some great ideas. And now, because of them, when I look out my patio window, I see the beautiful planter they suggested, teeming with flowers, bright Arizona flowers. Looking at those flowers gives me such a nice feeling, and it's almost like being with mom in the backyard all over again. Want help with planting? It's all online at plant-something.org. Brought to you by the Arizona Nursery Association at plant-something.org. You'll love it too. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. 
Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.